All right. Well, welcome to the Encounters Podcast. It's the panel edition with your host, Steve Durr. Actually, I'm not the host. I'm just one of three guys today. You're for sure the Lolo's host. Lolo's not here today, Definitely unfortunately. So we are less than mm-hmm. as a result. But I'm here with... Steve Thompson. Steve Thompson and... And Jeff Steele. Jeff Steele. So we are talking about Elisha and Naaman... And I feel like we're going to shame him. <laughs> Do you need to rhyme something there? I always have to rhyme. I'm a rhyming fool. How about flaming naming? Flaming mignon. Okay. Anyway. So um, we're talking about Naaman and Elisha from Second Kings chapter 5. And we hit that this past Sunday. Um, and then on Monday, uh, my whole family, uh, not my whole, well, yeah, it was my whole family, actually. Uh, jumped in and shared that. So hopefully you're familiar with the story by now. I felt like I was sitting at the kitchen table with the Durs. You literally That's were right. sitting at the kitchen table it with was the cool. Durs. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. So thanks for being a part of that. So hopefully you've heard the story. If not, I encourage you to go back and read Second Kings chapter 5, starting verse 1. So from that story, uh, what are some of the kind of takeaways for you guys or things that kind of caught your attention from that passage? We'll start with uh, my bearded friend, um, Jeff Steele. That's all of us. It is. We're all the bearded. But you always had the best beard. I mean, in fact, when I when I there is a name for a special full beard that we just call the Jeff. Yeah, (laughs) I appreciate that. You're welcome. I didn't realize that. that. Yeah, it's just called the Jeff. The Jeff. Um, Yeah, so I guess the thing that that sticks out at me the most, um, you know, in reading through the story and thinking about the story is that Naaman, um, maybe I identify with it the the most. Um, There's, there's a, he has a discomfort with um, the way that he interacts with Elisha. So he goes to talk to Elisha. Like he's made a really big uh, trip and Elisha seemingly can't give him the time of day. You know, like I came to your house, I made this journey uh, and you're not even going to come out and say hello. You can't even get off the couch. It seems very rude. Like turn off sports center (laughs) and come and talk to me um, because this is a really big deal in my life. And, um, you know, he really struggles with that and, and like reading it and I, you know, there's part of me that feels like, yeah, I mean that, that seems rude. I don't, I don't know. Um, if, if I go to all this effort and this guy can't be bothered, like, am I really, you know, is he, is he treating me like I'm just not really worth his time? Am I not valuable enough? Like, am I a foreigner? And so he's not going to take the time of day or what is that all about? Um, that's one way you could go with it. Or, you know, if Naaman feels like, listen, I'm kind of a big deal. Um, and I don't wait in line with everybody else. Like I don't go in the normal, uh, general line here. I need like, I get the priority. fast pass. Yeah, I get priority access here because yeah. I'm a big deal. And I've got a lot of gifts with me, too. Yeah. You know a whole lot of money. Yeah, I am prepared to spend here. Money is not an object. Um, and so there's kind of this, like, 
you see Jesus doing this in the New Testament, kind of meeting people where they're at and like the rich young ruler kind of thing. Like, hey, you know, I've done all the laws. I followed everything. And Jesus is like, cool, go sell all your stuff. And the rich young ruler is like, nah, that I can't do. And and so, like, it feels like a little bit of that with Naaman, like, um, hey, I want to be healed. Okay, cool. Go go wash in the Jordan River. He's like, man, the Jordan River is garbage. Like, I don't want to, I have better rivers at home. If I was just going to, if he was just going to tell me remotely to go wash in a river, like I could have done that anywhere. Um, you know, and so there's kind of like this challenge of, uh, what are you really after? Right. You know, do you, are you really seeking God? Are you really after the healing or do you need some of the recognition and you need kind of have this, this special moment, uh, you know, something to make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And maybe even that God was through Elisha, uh, dealing with an internal issue, pride issue, maybe possible other barriers, uh, as well as the healing external physical issue. Right. Right. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know, the, the thing that we're after is not always the thing, you know, like the, the thing that we think that we're, um, that we need the most is not, it's not always the real heart issue that's, that's underneath it. And so then when Elisha or, or Jesus in the new Testament or whoever, you know, kind of starts digging at the real thing, well, now we're uncovering the truth in the heart behind it. Like, well, you know, now I have to step out of my comfort zone. Now I'm getting uncomfortable and, and that doesn't feel good. Right. Right. That's such a good point. That's why often when we talk about revelation and response um, or how is God getting our attention, it's so important for us, and we've talked about this, to really take time to reflect and say, okay, here's this issue. Let's take some time to reflect and ask God, what is it that you're trying to say to me of who you are, who I am as a result, and get to that kind of deeper understanding of what's going on, uh, my identity and who you are, uh, my identity and who I am as a result, instead of it just being that kind of surfacey level stuff. Um, that's really good, Jeff. How about you, Tom's? Uh, this story, what what kind of stuff catches your attention? Yeah, I really. It's probably something that I more enjoy and lean toward, anyways. So it's not a conviction kind of uh, insight, but the fact that, and you addressed this on Sunday, the fact that the Lord was using. Naaman, um, before, presumably, Naaman even knew who Yahweh was, uh, and and he was using him in his role as the general um, for Aram or Syria, whichever, you know, probably synonymous, possibly, um, but, and part of that would have been he was making forays, uh, military conquest into Israel as well because he ends up with an Israeli girl for a slave. Um, but that the Lord was with him in those. And, uh, and you made the point that, you know, just God is working amongst people that we even consider enemies. Yeah. Um, and then for Jesus to refer to Naaman. Yeah. Um, and, and the context is Luke 4. Did you want to read it? Sure, yeah, I can read that. Um, it is kind of shocking that... Um Jesus brings up Naaman's name mm -hmm. in Luke 4. Um, do you want to give some of the context of when he brings him up? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, so 
basically Jesus has just come out of the wilderness where he's full of the spirit. He's just been tempted, but he's full of the spirit. And he goes to his hometown and he uh, reads that passage that he makes in reference to himself out of Isaiah uh, in order to help everyone recognize he is the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one, the promised one. Um, and I don't know where you're going to pick up in Luke chapter 4 there, but he's just basically read that. And, but then along with the expectations of what a Messiah would look like and what Jesus would do, the people there in his hometown wanted to see a lot of miracles that they'd heard him do in other places. But he says, I'm not going to be the Messiah that you think I am. So is that a good? Yeah, that's great. And so they're saying, hey, do you know, he says, you know, that scripture you just heard, it's happening now. And uh, he, they're asking for all these miracles. Like, how can this be? Isn't this Joseph's son? Right. They're like, how can you be this Messiah? We know you. We, yeah, we, we knew your, your family. Diapers. Yeah, we, we saw changed. you grow up and make yeah, dumb we, decisions. Exactly. We saw you stub your toe. <laughs> um, and then he said, Jesus said to these people he grew up with, you'll undoubtedly quote me this proverb. This is in Luke chapter four, starting verse 23. Physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like you did those in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. And here's kind of getting to the point where, where you were talking about that, Toms. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when in the heavens were closed for three and a half years and severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of those, yet he was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. And when the people heard this, in verse 28, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill of a hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Wow. So for me, my intense. mind... I think because that's such a dramatic response, they go from, hey, it's Jesus. He's doing cool stuff to off with his head. Yeah. Um, and it's purely because he said, you know, you're expecting God's going to do some great things in and through you. But he's actually um, probably going to do far greater things in inviting people who you don't think should be invited into his kingdom, into his party, into his presence, into what he's doing. And so I guess then what I look for is who do I maybe have a visceral reaction to God loving and inviting and using in special ways? And maybe I'm jealous because it's not, I wish God would use me that way. I wish yeah. God would show up in my life that way. Um, and it, I, that's where I go. That's what I tend to think through is who are those Naamans, who are those foreigners who I would actually be offended to know mm -hmm. that God's doing cool stuff in their life yeah. um, instead of, hey, I've been serving you all this time. Yeah. So, yeah. What's uh, fascinating about that? Yeah, and it is fascinating because uh, these folks desperately wanted a miracle, and Jesus says, um, you know, you're not going to see anything right now. Um, and... You know, back in Naaman's time, he was the only person got, who got healed of leprosy in Elisha's time, and he was a foreigner, an enemy. 
and that is when things, like you said, that's when they flipped from being all excited that Jesus is this potential Messiah to wanting him dead. When it went from, you are our Messiah, to, wait, this is going to be for those kind of people too. Um, there's something inside us that's, you're my Messiah, you're our Messiah. Um, are, we, are we stretching the borders here? Uh, and, and that's difficult. Uh, that idea of loving our enemies um, is, I think, one of the most difficult and challenging teaching uh, that we find from Jesus, who not only said the words, he lived it to the very end of his life. I mean, hearing his words from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, um, I think are some of the most challenging words um, imaginable. Um, I would yeah. I would love to take this moment to just push something that I haven't pushed in a little while, but always deserves pushing. Yes. But it's been close to two years you since see, we read the when book. When Steve was 15. <laughs> he was uh, going to Brazil. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew you might go. think I was, but it's yes. another something that I've talked Ooh, about a yes, lot. Yes, this book? The Insanity of God. That, and that title, don't let that title fool you. It is kind of a weird title. I think it's supposed to be a hook. It's supposed to catch you like, what? The Insanity it's of God? It's clickbait is what you're saying. I Yeah. Okay. But it might turn people off right off the bat. But right. for me, it's just, again, to get mm. me out of, I, I see God in, in my context and, and uh, am familiar with that. But to hear how God is working in different countries, different corners yeah. of the world that we often don't get to hear much about, uh, it's so helpful to see and inspiring, honestly, for me. Um, and it starts off maybe slow and maybe depressing, but push through the beginning yeah. and 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 see how the writer is getting at how God is moving in different places through people that we wouldn't expect right. um, and in cultures that even we might consider enemy cultures. Right. And I was just recently hearing more and more and uh, that one of the fastest places the church is growing is in Iran. And it's being led primarily by women who are sharing the faith, kind of leading that movement, and people are coming to faith in Jesus. Um, and it's not a place that you would typically think, uh, being from the United States, that we would have brothers and sisters in Christ living there because of our geopolitical circumstances. Right. And yet we have brothers and sisters in Christ who, uh, if they call on the name of Jesus, we have more in common with them than we may have in common with a neighbor who is not a follower of Jesus, uh, according to Scripture. So, um, in the sense that we are brothers and sisters with them. We will spend eternity with them. Um, but yet, God is moving behind the scenes in ways we have no idea. And so, it's fascinating to think that and how Jesus brought that up uh, in the book of Luke. Any thoughts on any of this, Jeff, before we start turning the corner to wrap up? Yeah, it's uh, it's easy to talk about loving your enemies yeah. in a theoretical kind of term. Um, so Naaman was an enemy, literally, not just figuratively. He was a literal enemy of Israel. And the person who told him to go see the prophet in Israel was a servant girl who had been abducted on a military raid. Yep. Um, so 
you think about, okay, Naaman is the only leper who was healed in the time of Elisha. How would the family of that servant girl feel about that? Right. Like, this wasn't... Naaman may have been a good guy in everything to his, you know, family and to his people. Um, but as an Israelite to say, this is a guy who led military campaigns against us, who took our things and our people and now carried people away into captivity. And now that's the guy getting healed. Like that doesn't feel good. Right. Um, and, and, and maybe that's part of the whole insult of the thing when Jesus says, Naaman's the only guy who got healed. Um, weren't there anybody else who wanted to be healed or maybe deserved to be healed? I don't know. Naaman is the only guy who did. And there was this radical, like, enemy other um, is the person that, that got this grace. And it doesn't seem fair. Um, and so it people str- have struggled with that. Um, with that whole, uh, that's why Jesus' teachings on enemies are so just countercultural and so like radical. And that's why people essentially say it can't be done, right? And and it just it it sounds good when we teach it, yep. and I f- I think it it feels like something different when you're actually face to face with right. it in that way. Right. Yeah. So true. Steve Thompson. Yep. My friend who lived in Brazil. <laughs> Would you close us out? Not in Portuguese. Oh, which I was they just speak about in to, Brazil. <laughs> I was just about Would to you go close off. us out in prayer, my friend? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Well, uh, Lord God, I, I thank you so much for how you um, speak to us through um, your word, but through these stories of how you've acted <laughs> really for how you how you've acted unfairly and inappropriately from our perspective. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, when we when we can catch a hold of your heart, realize that um, you know we're we're the ones so desperately in need of rescue, and you've dared to reach out to us too. And so, Lord God, I pray that we'd we'd um, constantly be drawn back to that humility that you invite us to, so that we can live out of um, your strengths and your grace and your mercy flowing through our weaknesses and through um, our humility. And, uh, and Lord, too, I ask that you just refresh our vision for how big you are and how amazingly, intricately you are orchestrating things globally among billions of lives simultaneously. Uh, I just stand in awe of how you are doing this. And, um, and thank you for the reminder. Of, of how you are bringing about ultimately good for this planet, for all creation, and for every single one of those billions of human beings. Thank you so much. And uh, we're looking forward to being a part of it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.